Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. You are loved, you belong, and you have a unique purpose from God. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Here's today's message. Good morning. Route five, where we'll go today for tending, living, and staying free, is in several moments... We're going to spend some time reading God's scripture and listening for what the Holy Spirit would speak to each one of us. And what you'll need is either to type in your phone or a pen, and you could write it on the connect card or a piece of paper. If you don't have one, you could just raise your hand. Uh, But get get prepared uh, for that. You know this phrase, whom the sun set free is... But sometimes following Jesus, doesn't it seem that it's two steps forward and then leaps backwards? What if that is following Jesus? We think Jesus is like an investment growth chart many times. Up and up and up and up. Up and up and up. But our lives will need constant attention. There's seasons of the mountaintops. There's seasons of the valleys. There's seasons when you're in the mountaintop and then one of your best friends or family members is walking through the valley. This picture here shows a good glimpse of what it's like to be in. You have that picture? Yes. What it's like to kind of walk with Jesus is we long for our lives to be a garden that grows and orders and rows. And, but let's observe a few things about this photo. One, there's order. How many people are there in this photo? One. And there's also in the individual's hand a what? I don't know the name of it, but it's a tool. Cheers. Pruning. Sure. The analogy breaks down at some point for me because I am not a botanist or a gardener, but I think it's a great picture of our lives in Jesus that needs attention to examine, to look at. And there's a responsibility of me alone when no one else is there with God and the tools he's given us to tend, to live and stay free. Look at 2 Corinthians 13, 5. It says, test yourself to see if you are in the faith. Wait, what? If we're in the faith only because of Jesus, who lived a sinless life, died the death I should have, and rose from the dead, to prove he's the king. That he's Lord and he's savior and anyone who puts their faith in him, by grace, they can have new life. There's a three-letter word that we hate to use in society. And it's definitely not S-E-X because that is used at a high level in society. 
one of the uh, observations of that was Thursday, we went on a date and we went on campus and it was St. Patty's Day, St. Patrick. It's interesting to hear what St. Patrick's Day has become. And there's no judgment or condemnation, but boy, was it. It was Mardi Gras. We decided to not do our date there just because it just wasn't great for the soil. The three-letter word we're talking about is not sex, but it's sin. To repent isn't a bad thing. To acknowledge when there is sin isn't a bad thing. But we get flustered instantly because we, we think, oh, I got to earn something. No, no, no. Remember, Jesus earned it. So I get the honor to examine myself and test myself. Or do you yourselves not recognize that Jesus Christ is in you? And so it's pausing to say, God, I want you to have full control. Is Christ in me? To look often. There's two types of work. And I'm sure there's more, but two types to highlight. One, there's proactive work. Then there's reactive work. There's maintenance or repair. Oil changes, maintenance. Proactive, going out and tending to the garden, our lives. Tending to it, examining, often. You know those mirrors where um, you flip it, it's the little round ones, and it magnifies, and you get to see every impurity on your skin? And then every one of us think that for sure there's, we need to call the dermatologist. Just too close. God wants us to get closer than that. And with him, it's good to examine. Romans 12, 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of our mind. That by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Salvation, being saved, is a one-time repentance. But ongoing repentance is sanctification. It can happen all the time. There's a spectrum where we will become legalists and never feel like, oh, I'm good. I'm not good enough. And it, life's so hard. And oh my goodness, I'm never, God doesn't love me. Well, okay, that's an extreme. And then there's this other extreme where it's like, ah, well, I can do anything I want because of Jesus. Jesus is my homeboy t shirt, he's my buddy. Well, there's a tension. And where are we at? Some of us have been judging and condemning ourselves too much, and others have just not been examining. And today is a great time to say it's good to have ongoing repentance. If someone loves you, they say something if they see you're going down a wrong path. Is it possible that even the people in our life that have corrected us, who we didn't think love us, helped us more to live and stay free? Look at this proverb. It says, better is open rebuke than hidden love. Someone loves you more when they say something of what's wrong in your life. And all the parents said, amen, that's what I've been telling you. Because I told you so. I love you more. I've been rebuking you. 
Well, tact and tone, that all for sure matters. And it's good to remember that the Father prunes every branch that does not bear fruit. He prunes those he loves. It's good to get things off of us and it will hurt so good. It hurts, but it's good. Selah. Breathe. Romans 5 shows us the picture of where sin and the triumph of grace. For as by the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners. So by the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. The contrast, Adam, disobedience, bringing sin for all of us. And thanks, Grandpa. God, Jesus, obedience, righteous for any one of us that puts our faith in him. Quite a miracle. Now that the law came in to increase the trespass, so law was perfect and beautiful, leading us in a right way, but none of us could live up to it. So it magnified our sin, exposed our weaknesses, that naked moment where we want to hide from God. No, 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 I didn't, I, I didn't, I didn't do it, I didn't do it. You know, when we get caught, we become the attorney. But when someone else gets caught, we become the judge. It happens all the time. But where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. I love that. Because it meant your mistakes, my mistakes, they pale in comparison to the glory and the grace of God. But the tone that we pick up sometimes from us in church, it's like, don't, don't, don't. Stay away, sin, sin, sin. Bad, bad, bad. But yet, the glory and the grace of God is greater than any mistake. And to get a revelation of this, this starts to then captivate us in a way that we would want to be obedient. So that as sin reigned in death, grace might reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. It's a grace story. It's a love story. To tend is a love story. When you love somebody, you're listening. How can I be more loving to them? How can I serve them? And with Christ, he first loved us. And it continues in chapter six. It says, dead to sin and alive to God, the, the header on the chapter, uh, this section. It says, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin? That way grace may abound by no means. I'm saved by grace. Should I sin? I believe obedience is found in understanding what grace really is. And that grace gives us the opportunity to obey. That love is leading us to want to do the right things. But he, God almost grades, I think he kind of grades on a curve. So if your story has a lot of trauma or very outward sin, it's easy for everyone to see, but each one of us are being sanctified differently. I mean, look at Jesus's closest crew. You have Peter, whose sin is obvious. He tells Jesus, there's gotta be some other way. You don't have to die. And he says, get behind me, Satan. 
It's a bold, uh, Jesus hasn't said that to any of us in the room. And then on his most vulnerable moment, he's being led to the cross, Jesus that is, and Peter is found denying him three times. Peter's sin was graphic and obvious, but yet God comes to him and says, do you love me? Not your strength, but mine. You'll be a rock. Because your mistake can't compare to my grace. But yet you have like John. John the disciple who, I'm not sure if we even find a sin. But he's caught always saying, his sin might be that he boasts a little bit more that, you know, Jesus loves me more than you. (laughs) Because when he writes, he's like, the one whom he loved. My head was on his chest. I was hanging out with him. Well, his personality is different. His sanctification is different. I could only imagine that every once in a while, Jesus would have to say, it's really neat that we've been laying here for a while, but can you go out and feed somebody? And then for Peter, it's like, Peter, you've been going a little too hard today. Can you stay home and just hang out at my feet? Each one of our journeys are different. But we're new in Christ. Last week, we looked at the fruit of the Spirit. These are the intangible, tangible things that people would taste of in our lives. These qualities that are one fruit. But in that chapter, it says the works of the flesh. So to think of our life like soil, weeds start to grow in it and there becomes works of the flesh. There becomes sin. There's a a battle on the inside of each one of us. The spirit wants to do what God wants and the flesh wants to do everything opposite of God. A very low example of this is you long to eat good because you know how to, but by the end of the day, Skittles are taste the rainbow power gets a little bit lower. Your flesh is at war with what you want to do, what would be healthy of what you know to do. And, uh, and, and even understanding those limits start to give us freedom to say, oh, I'm not going to beat myself up. Of course, I'm a little bit more tired and angry and a little bit more tempted at the end of the day. It's called, guess what? Being human. Willpower. We all have limited willpower. Who has unlimited willpower? God. Greater is he who lives in me. This is the nature. And look look at the works of the flesh. They're obvious. It's sexual immorality. It's moral impurity. It's promiscuity. It's idolatry. It's sorcery, hatred, strife. And it goes on, on, and on. It says that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, each one of us are guilty at some point throughout our week for every one of those things. Whether a thought or an action or something, So we could start to say, well, am I in God? The difference is, are you choosing to practice them? (laughs) If you care, that's a miracle. It's a miracle. Conviction is a miracle. To know right from wrong is a miracle. To feel pain is a miracle. Because if you don't feel pain and you put your hand on the stove and you don't know, it's good to have nerves. So how do we not beat ourselves up? How do we move um, from feeling condemned and feeling shame to moving, moving to feeling free and to just live completely open with God? Verse 24. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh 
with its passions and desires. We got to make war with sin and just let it, let it die. Wow. To put every thought captive into the obedience of Christ. So I'm not only taking off sin, but I'm putting on something greater, grace. And it's key to know, it's key to see that picture in how we view God. Uh, pull that question up. How we view God, our Father, is key. Are we standing before him approved or ashamed? Should be a little bit further down the line. How we view God is key. Are we standing before him approved or ashamed? When you're in Jesus, scripture teaches us that you can come boldly to the throne room of grace. It didn't say when you had a good day. But being a human being, when I have less sin day, I feel way better spending time with God. And if it's a tough day, you're like, oh, you're battling anger, jealousy, temptations, you name it. You, you think, oh, okay, God, I'll, I'll spend time with you tomorrow. I want to escape. I pray the picture today would be in those moments when it's hardest, we say, God, I can't. And we ask him, why do I feel this way? We start inviting him into that story. The passions, the drives he's given you. Not seeing them as harmful or you just put them to the side. They're all real. We are human beings. We're gonna feel this all the time. But look at Romans. It gives us a picture of what we would do with God. Romans 2, verse, verse 4, skipping ahead to verse 4, it says this. Or do you despise the riches of his kindness, restraint, and patience, not recognizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? Who's the most kind person you know? You don't have to say it out loud. The most kind person you know. God is more kind than that. And it's through that loving relationship that would lead us to repent or change. Well, yes, it's true that there's, there's judgment and he's coming back as a lion, but that's not today. It says in 2 Peter 3 that the Lord is slow to come back because he wants his kids to be able to come back home. And he's bringing his kids back home through kindness, love, grace, patience. He's so amazing. We can't even fathom that on our worst moments, he's given his very best. That's grace. Now obedience starts to then happen as I look at my life. I'm like, okay, I'm looking. God, I got to get that weed out. But I got to change that language because I can't get that weed out, but you can. I want to examine myself before you. Will you pull it out, God? So a couple truths about God. God is good. He is good. God is good. He's good in nature. He's good. He's got our best interest always at hand. He's always thinking about what is best for me and you. 
He's not a bad dad, he's a good dad. And if you had a bad dad, this is hard to even understand because our relationship with our father is often projected and so tied to our relationship of how we view God. God is a father that is so good. And then when we're in him, it's all good. Even when it's bad, it's good because he can bring something good out of the situation. That doesn't mean we're naive. It means we're letting him have the x-rays of our soul. See, examine, God, I want you to know. If you've ever had a physical, it's quite a vulnerable interaction with your doctor. And then seeing him at the soccer game makes the moments in society a little different. But in order for the doctor to keep you healthy, there is checkups and there's times when you get examined with God. He's so good. He's so perfect to let him have everything. He knows how to handle the scariest parts of our heart. He knows how to handle the shame, the fear, the regret, the constant battles we face. And then we're able to say as we tend ongoing repentance, it's a good thing. It's about living and staying free. In John, beloved puts it this way. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. A couple more before we practice this. If you're trying to do this fast, it will never work that way. Soul work is the slow work. And this is from somebody who loves to go fast. Those moments when it's alpha, like you think you're, oh, you think you're fast. I'm faster. You know, it's just too much shallow energy that can be used for God's glory, but God doesn't craft through speed. He crafts through slowness, stillness, whispering. And as we examine our lives, the question we can ask today, each one of us, the one person in that picture with the tools, the shears, is does this honor God? Insert whatever thing. Does my money honor God? Does my relation? Does this honor God? And then in that moment, we got to do this with our kids the other day because this phrase has impacted us. There was a very minimal mistake, but they owned it. They said, sorry. And then one of them came up to me and said, hey, dad, I'm sorry for doing that. I said, mistakes, they deserve a quick funeral and a slow reflection. And our child finished the second half of it and a slow reflection. So there's no shame. We're good. We'll move on. But reflect, how'd that come? Where'd it come from? And as we let God have those places in our hearts, we're able to change our mind. All right, so what is some sins that might be in our soil? This is just a top six list. It's not exhaustive by any stretch of the imagination. So the the top six, six represents the number of man. So I thought six would be neat. And there's been a filter that my pastors helped me with over the years. It's girls glory gold. You could insert guys glory gold or girls and guys glory gold is what 
temptations does every human face. We all face sexual temptation. We all face, we want the glory. We all face, we want the bag. We want money. We want to be in control. And God wants us to rule over those things as he's ruling us with it. And he's leading us in this great thing. And so in no particular order, number one here, we have sexual sin. When we look at our soil, this might be in there. And the Bible says, do not negotiate with this one. It says flee. That's tough. You just got to flee in your mind. Run. Be like Joseph. If you've ever seen the play, there's a song. It says, go, 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 Joseph. You know what they say. Because he's running. Get out. He ran. He escaped. And he still went to jail. But he did the right thing with God. There's also unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. It it is so harmful. It doesn't mean we say that it didn't hurt. It doesn't mean that we start the, the best relationship ever. It means I've been forgiven. I do forgive you. I can still have boundaries. Unforgiveness. The third here is coveting. I want what I can't have. It's not for me. Or I'm jealous and I have anger or some type of hate. This one's interesting because it's pride, but also grouped with insecurity. Because they're a side of the same coin. I'm counting my ability or I'm saying I have no ability. But wait, pride, my confidence, I boast in Christ alone. Insecurity, my security is in Jesus. Are we all insecure? What do you think? Is every person you've ever met insecure? Yes. And if they act like they're not, they're hiding. They're liars. They're insecure. Whoever laughs the loudest probably cries the loudest. This one's quite unique. Relationships. Are they leading me to Christ or not? Am I a thermostat or a thermometer? And then the last one here. Jesus talks a lot about this one, gold, money, or greed. It's all his anyways. I get to steward it. Now, that doesn't mean I'm going to take everything and give it to the poor, but that was the young rich ruler's issue. And so we, young rich ruler, if he would have been tending in that moment, Jesus even gave him a promise. He said, go sell everything to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. So where your sin is, the grace of God will be greater you don't think God was going to do more for him? Because we have a scarcity mindset. It's not trusting that the Father is good. All right. What are the sins in our life? You don't have to name them out loud. But I pray that we would trust God in this space right here, right now. And the exercise we'll do is what, um, there was a counselor, a pastoral counselor when COVID hit there was a bunch of pastors we were on this call and he did this exercise and it was super helpful of letting the Lord have control in our life and so we're going to go through it and we're going to read a passage three times so get in this space right now it's you kind of get comfortable in your seat we're going to take a few deep breaths and we're going to I will read the scripture you can close your eyes and just listen and then there will be a question for each time we read it. 
and I'll lead us in that question. But first, let's breathe. Three times, come on. In the nose, out the mouth, reset. As we settle in, God, we pray that you'll speak to us through your word. The first time reading this passage, the question we're asking, God, what do you want me to notice in this passage? Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. Take a moment. What did, you, what did God want you to notice in that passage? What stood out? Write it down. In the second time, reading it again, in listening, you can close your eyes and sit back and settle in, is what does God this time, what does he want to tell you? Not notice, but what does he want to tell you? The Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right paths for his namesake. Even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. Holy Spirit, what do you want to tell me?
And one more time, the question we'll ask this time is, God, what do you want me to do? God, what do you want me to do? The Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. what do you want me to do? He's kind. He's loving. Whatever God you felt God speak to you, we used his word as a guide because his word is alive. And God always speaks in line with his word. And we noticed his word, and then we were able to think, okay, well, what stands out to me right now? And it's not about us. But at the same time, you're his kid. You don't think it's about you? God loves you. Psalms are for you too. It's for David, but it was for you. You have a good shepherd. And then what do you want me to do? Sometimes it's really simple. When I did this Tuesday, and I hadn't done this in a long time, but I had a session with the dude Tuesday. And I'm not sweet because I go to these sessions or anything. I just started them up again because year of a sabbatical was like, maybe we should do more Jesus Wusaw stuff. So he gets on the call. I like him. Uh, he's, you know, one of the leader of leaders type guys that can coach you. And he goes, Jerome, I was thinking about you today. I said, oh, where are you? I was praying. I was asking the Holy Spirit what he wanted me to do on this call. And if you let me, I just want to read scripture and ask you these three questions again. And I was like, let's do this. <laughs> and I was like, can I go to the bathroom first? So I went and pee break, came back, breathe. It's awesome. But when we got to the do, he read Colossians 1, the preeminent one for me. I felt like the Lord just wanted me to open up my hands in every meeting I was in coming up that day to say, I'm really not in control. To just, it was like prying open my hands. Because if Christ is in control of everything, it translated to do, I'm not going to try to own any meeting as if it's mine. And it was so powerful. Don't minimize what you might have felt 
in that moment, it, it could be as simple as just a posture of how he wants you to flow to your next space. And it's okay. We'll have some steps forward and some leaps, but it's okay. We're on this journey. It's challenging. So worship team, if you guys would come up front and what we'll do is uh, we're just gonna soak here for a little bit longer. Society's pretty fast. And we'll sing. You can examine further. You can pray further. Um, I, I don't know where you're at. There was moments when repenting looked like me laying on the ground for a long time, even after church services. I'm, I don't know if that's you today. It might be hard in the transition when the music hits and stuff. But whatever it is, that's the point. Don't look for a formula. Don't look at somebody else. This is us just having a moment with God together. But individually in our soil, we want to get this junk out of us. And when you pray crazy prayers, God, take it out. He's faithful to do it. He really is. So we'll sing, and I'll be back in a few moments.
spirit is if you don't feel safe to make a mistake you'll never hit a stride because you'll always be looking over your shoulder You're like, oh, I hope I do it in Christ we're growing and weeds will pop up in in God is faithful if we let him, it'll be proactive. And sometimes though it's reactive where there's a crisis and we need to, but in Christ, there's a safe space because he died for our sins tomorrow. And to even understand that it starts to then increase our obedience meter. Like I'm gonna obey because I, I recognize that it's okay. And God's got me. So if you're in this place right now, and there's been something that's been holding you back for so long and you're trying to figure out how. Today we say who, it's Jesus. Take those desires, those passions to him. He has a purpose for him. He has a greater vision. He has a greater vision than what the world has to offer. We pray for the grace of heaven to invade every space that is trying to keep us from being free from connecting with Jesus. By the power of the Holy Spirit, tend our lives today. Show us how to use these desires, these passions that will please you, God. Because in the beginning, you created everything and it is good. Christ, you're our source. You're our everything. And we thank you that you're not shaming us into a walk. You're not shaming us into a path of following you. You're loving us. It's your kindness. And holiness happens as we spend time with you. So one more time. Let's just sing that. I want to be free from everything that keeps me from loving you. Holy Spirit's doing it right now. From everything Jesus is doing it. Something that's been so hard you, and so heavy for so long. God's here right here, right now. Right here, right now for you. Today is the day that the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Salvation is from for this moment. Salvation is now. There is freedom. From freedom. You, freedom in Jesus. Freedom in Jesus. Freedom in Jesus. Freedom in Jesus. Over shame. Over any type of over coveting, over lies, over hate, over unforgiveness. There's holiness, holiness, holiness right here, right now. other down but we have the most glorious good news Jesus didn't and he won't he's the same yesterday today and forever so we can get out there and do something with it today when you leave this space you don't walk with your head down you walk with the glory and the power of Jesus Christ
whom the sun set free is free indeed. Leave it. If the saints are old, we're here today, you know what they would say? They longed to see the day that you and me were in because Jesus rose from the dead. Many prophesied that it would happen. We're in it. We're in this crazy period of grace. We could talk about so many of the issues going on in the world. God knows there's a lot of them. But the issues all flow from the heart. And as we let God have all of us, we're his plan to the world of light, love, hope, peace, joy, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. It's us. It's the Holy Spirit's in us. To continue to bloom so that people can taste and see that the Lord is good. I pray by the power of the Holy Spirit that the freedom of heaven that you felt in this moment, that you know that the devil can't take it. The Holy Spirit sealed it. So when you take a little uh, step forward, it feels like a slip back. God is with you. That's called being a human being. Meet somebody new today. Uh, text somebody. I don't know if you're watching. Do something. This is good. These are real moments. Don't check your phones. We might one day have a service where we just burn all of our phones. <laughs> Jesus didn't have a cell phone. That's a really good apologetic. <laughs> I love you. And uh, grateful to be on this journey and learning and being discipled together. Because did you know that every person on this stage is still being discipled? Every person on this stage is still being discipled. We're still being tended to. That's so neat. All right, we'll be back next week. If you want to get in a group, this is the last week of groups for a four-week session, but then we'll pick them back up. And if you wanted to lead one or attend one, you can still jump in one, sign up for later. You can sign up online. Don't do life alone. And we'll be back Sunday as we complete the Root Series, Root 7, reproduce the Great Commission for all races, all faces, and all ages. You belong here. We're going to keep loving this city one life at a time. And we're not going to stop until Jesus Christ makes all things new. Oh, Have the best day of your life, y'all.